<clears throat> Appointment with Death, the play by Agatha Christie. When curtain rises, Mrs. Boynton is seated above the table center. She is a vast, obese woman, rather like an idol with an expressionless face. She moves her head and eyes, but not her body. A stick is beside her chair. Her family are grouped around her like, um, that word I don't know how it's pronounced. Courtiers. Courtiers around a queen. Ginevra? Ginevra? <laughs> wow, this is rock. Ginevra? Ginevra. Ginevra Boynton. Her daughter says, right here, Mrs. Boynton. She's a pretty girl of 19 with a lost, vacant expression. She sits staring into space. Occasionally, her lips move as though she is talking to herself. Her fingers are picking at a handkerchief, like Moss did when Jen asked her him to lie to Bill Krauss, which she's tearing in little bits. This is partly masked by the table. Nadine Boyton, the daughter-in-law, sits left of Mrs. Boyton. She is a quiet woman of 28. If you're 27, you are not playing this role. Gerard moves to the lift and waits. Ginevra looks at Gerard. The lift descends and the door opens. Sarah King enters from the lift. She's an attractive, decided-looking girl of, you guessed it, 23. She passes Gerard, hesitates, then smiles at him. Gerard bows. Mamma me, how do you do? I'm so pleased to see you. I never thanked you for helping me the other night at the station in Cairo. Oh, that was nothing. A pleasure. You are enjoying Jerusalem, Miss, uh... King. Dr. Sarah King. Ah, we are colleagues. He takes a card from his pocket and hands it to her. Dr. Gerard. Oh, don't look at once. It's, an, it's that American family. They were on the train with me yesterday. I talked to the son. Yes. No, not that one. The younger one. He was rather nice. Extraordinary looking old woman, isn't she? Her family seems absolutely devoted to her. Possibly because they know she will not be with them. You recognize the signs? Raymond enters, dressed as a sailor. <laughs> Mrs. Boynton turns her head slowly to look at Raymond. Did you get my medicine at the chemist's? Yes, mother, here it is. That's Coke. <laughs> But you say it. What did you say? Because <laughs> I had to cope out of the story. As, as Mrs. Boynton, I guess? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> huh. That was a nice-looking girl you were talking to, Raymond. Oh, well, she, she, was, she was on the train last night. I helped her with some of her cases. They were really heavy. I see. Sarah enters. She carries a small parcel. She goes onto the terrace and exits onto it. Raymond watches Sarah like a tiny little mouse boy. Mrs. Boynton watches Raymond like a cat watching a tiny little mouse boy. Is that the girl you were talking to outside? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who is she? Her, her name is uh, King. She's she's a doctor. I see. One of those women doctors. Mm-hmm. I 
don't think we'll have much to do with her son, shall we? Now, we should go up. Sarah turns and sees Raymond. Mrs. Boynton goes somewhere else. I... I must speak to you. Well, why not? You don't understand. I'd like to tell... I'd like to tell you, but... Is anything the matter? Well, I I came down to see if Mother had left her spectacles on on the table here. I I can't, I can't be long. Is there such a hurry? <laughs> you see, my mother. Wow, I lost my place. <laughs> you don't know my mother. Raymond does some physical acting for the audience. <laughs> a glimpse of your mother on the train last night, and I saw her sitting here this afternoon. She's the fat one, yes? You see, she's very strong, because she has to lift herself all the time, and she hates me. <laughs> she's got a bad heart. We, we have to take care of her. Oh, you seem a very, uh, devoted family. <clears throat> Weirdos. Oh, yes. We are a very devoted family. Well, don't sound so depressed about it. I'm sure it's a very nice thing to be. Oh, how I wish. Uh, I can't say what I want to say. I don't have the time. And I may never have the chance of talking to you like this again. Well, why ever not? You're not leaving at once, are you? Well, no, but my mother doesn't like you, uh, us, talking to people outside the family. Oh, how absurd. Yeah, it'd be like that sometimes. Oh, wait, I'm sorry if I was rude. I know it's awfully difficult sometimes for parents to realize that their children have grown up, uh, even if your voice still does sound like that at, what was it, 23? And of course, if your mother isn't very strong, I mean, for a fat person, well, still, you know, it's a pity to give in to her all the time. One must stand up for one's rights. You don't understand. Lennox and Nadine enter on the right. Nadine, why have you been so long? Where's Raymond? Mother's going to get impatient. Is she? Yes. Please, Nadine, come up to her. Don't be a sour Sally. I'm coming, moron. But, but where's little brother Ray? Ray's gone out for a walk. For a walk? By himself in the middle of Jerusalem? Ugh, no, with a girl. With a with a girl? With a real girl? With a female girl? Yeah. Does that surprise you so much? You don't remember how that one time you snuck out of the house and went down the fountain springs of the roadhouse? Remember that time? Of course I do, but we must go up to Mother. Lennox, let's just go away. What do you mean, Nadine? Like, go, I want to live my own life. I don't want to, you know, away from all this. I want to live our own lives together. Me and you as one. Two peas in a pod. 
I don't understand what you mean about the peas. He looks nervously towards the lift. Mother will be getting so upset if she hears you talking about the peas. Stop looking at the lift. Okay. Stop thinking about your mother. Start thinking about me. I want you to come away with me. It's not too late. Where have you been, Raymond? I went out. Won't you introduce me, Raymond? This is King Mother. This is Miss King Mother. Dr. King, actually. How do you do, fat old woman? How do you do? You were wanting the lift, which is what you silly English people call the elevator? Sarah looks once at Raymond to see if he's resenting Mrs. Boynton's rudeness, then slowly exit to the left. Raymond is staring at Mrs. Boynton. The door closes and the lift ascends. She crosses to the chair above the table center in a fat way. Who is that girl, Ray? Sarah King. Girl you were talking to on the train last night. I'm going to sit down now. Well, yeah. We were going to go out together, you know, after dinner. Oh, I don't think she's quite our style. We'll keep ourselves to ourselves. That's the best way. You understand me, yes, Raymond? Yes. So you won't be meeting her this evening? No. That's settled nicely, isn't it? Yes. You'll have nothing more to do with that girl? No. Sarah enters. Good. Well, you'd better explain to Miss King about your decision, Raymond. Raymond starts clasping his hands. <laughs> I'm sorry, Miss King. I shan't be able to go out this evening. Uh, why ever not, I say belligerently. My son prefers to remain with his family, particularly me, the fat one. I'm sorry, can't your son speak for himself? <laughs> You've heard my son speak. <laughs> you decide. Uh, I prefer to be with my family. Uh, Mrs. Boynton leaves. Sarah. Sarah ignores Raymond and crosses right up the table. I'm ignoring you, Raymond. You despise me, don't you? I don't wonder. I despise myself. I really don't know what you're talking about. Raymond gets on the table for his monologue. <laughs> it was like a dream to arrive here and to find... You, I thought at first you were a ghost and I got scared. <laughs> then I started thinking about you so much. I love you. I want you to know that. It isn't me, the real man, who, who behaved so badly at the 
fucking sound. I can't answer for myself, even now. I'm doing the hand thing again. It's my nerves. I can't depend on them. If she tells me to do things, I have to do them. Sometimes she she's she's in the kitchen and she has she asks me to get her a drink from the fridge and I'm not even in the same room and I do it anyway. I can't help it. I have to do them. I don't know that I can ever make you understand. It's courage. I need courage, I tell you. <laughs> Gerard enters, carrying his drug case. He pauses a moment and observes Sarah and Raymond. Raymond moves quickly away from Sarah, crosses an excess like a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I have interrupted something. <laughs> oh, hello, Dr. Gerard, who is obviously French. No, you interrupted nothing of importance besides some crazy young man standing on a table. Gerard exits, and Nadine enters and approaches Sarah. May I say something to you? Oh, of course. I can't say that I'll understand it, but go ahead. <laughs> I saw you talking to my brother-in-law just now. Did you? Well, there's nothing wrong with your eyes anyway. Do help him if you can. That's not my job. He could help himself if he wanted to. His mother was a wardess in a prison. My father-in-law was governor. <laughs> a lot of power there. She, he was a widower with three young children. The youngest, Jenny, only six months out. Hmm. When I look at that fat old woman, yes, I can see her as being in charge of a prison. Well, you say, it's what she still is. Lennox and Raymond and Jenny have all been the prisoners. They've never even known what it's like to live outside them prison walls. Never smell that fresh air, feel put the feet in the grass, no shoes on. It's great. But yeah, a little bum me fuss by. What a sad, sad life. Oh no, here she comes. Nadine, come and help me. I didn't understand when I married Lennox. I left things too late. I think he's beyond help. But it's different with Rain. You could fight like my daddy fought crocodile in the swamp. Oh, Nadine, I'm fat and I need help. <laughs> Why do you like us all so much? Oh, oh, you're so funny, my dear child. Why would you say such a thing? Because you like hurting people, don't you? You like the sense of power. I've thought sometimes that it came from you having been the wardess, but I see further than that. It was what made you become that better wardess. There are lots of people who can't stand that job, but yeah. <laughs> Lacked it. When you married, you missed it. But you found consolation in them their chisms. Three helpless chisms. <laughs> you started on them. Dear me, what an imagination you have got, Nadine. You've never been physically crude. You only hit people in the David Suchaver. <laughs> been a mental sport. You've thwarted and talk to Jenny until she's gone nearly over the edge. You know, only too well 
what you've done to Linux, my whole family. <laughs> I can't, Linux, I can't. Linux from a distance looks insulted that his wife mispronounced his name. I can't reach him anymore. My arms are too short. He doesn't give you much sport nowadays, does he? But Raymond, he does. Raymond, still about to rebel. You can have some fun with Raymond. Get you. Hmm. What curious ideas you have, Nadine. Raymond does a cartwheel into the room. You see that, Mom? Ugh, not again with the cartwheels. Raymond, my dear, it won't do. My cartwheels? What won't do? That girl. I encouraged you to go for a walk with her this afternoon against my better judgment. But I don't like her. I don't like the way she runs after you. Oh, but that's impossible. Oh, no, Raymond, it's not impossible. You'll do what I say. Uh, I'm telling you, it's impossible. Because Sarah and I, we're friends. Well, I am going to move a little and fix you with my eyes. Stage directions. You won't be friends. Fixes Raymond with her eyes. Not again. You won't be friends if I don't want you to be. You will avoid Sarah King. I'll avoid Sarah King. That's settled. You understand you're giving up Sarah King just like your smarties have it. I'm giving up Sarah King just like my smarties passion. Raymond buries his face in his hands. Sarah crossing and standing above the table. Extraordinarily interesting. I'm glad I heard it. Cheer up, Ray. I am not giving you up. Tell her to go away. Why? Please go away. I'm not going. Tell her to leave you alone. You, you better just you better leave me alone. Shut up, Raymond. Your mother and I are going to have a talk. Go away, Raymond. Yes, Raymond, please go away. Raymond falls into a canoe and goes downstream. Okay. <laughs> now listen up, Mrs. Boynton. I love Raymond, and I'll fight for him with every weapon I've got, which is a pair of brass knuckles in the shape of a pink bulldog. I'm stronger than you are. I've experience behind me. Years of experience. I can do things to people's minds. Yes, you've got knowledge, a lot of evil knowledge, but you haven't got very long to use it, have you? What do you mean? There's something else on my side. Time. Time? I'm a doctor, and I know what I'm talking about. 
you haven't got very long to live. I give you at the most, oh, six months. Six months? Rubbish. Ask Dr. Gerard if you don't believe me. What? Six months? Oh, I've got a trip planned to Willy Wonka's chocolate factory in seven months. It's the truth. You've got an appointment, an appointment you'll have to keep. Not at Willy Wonka's chocolate factory, an appointment with death. When you're dead, your family will be free. So you see, death is on my side as well as life. Much later, very, very much later, Gerard catches up with Raymond in his canoe. <laughs> Mr. Bonton, I feel I have some very bad news for you. Your mother is dead. <laughs> later, Carberry, the detective with a bushy mustache, interviews the family members. All right, they need you to give me their deceased name and age there. Ada Caroline Boynton, she was 62. Very dear, her health had been too good there? Uh, she had one of them there congestive cardiac failures. <laughs> well, maybe that death was gonna occur to any of those gosh dang mess. I see, rather a strenuous trip there, just to be in for a very Sick woman there, weren't it? Oh, but you didn't know my mother-in-law. She was a very determined woman. If she wanted to do a thing, she just did it. We had to give in to her. Like that time she ate four Big Macs in one sitting. I didn't think she could do it. I even wagered $8 on it. I know, I know. Awfully obstinate there are some of these old people. I got a granddaddy like that. Just won't listen to reason there. You did all you could to dissuade her, I suppose. Oh, yeah. Very distressing there. I quite realize the their their shack there and their 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 grief there must be to you there and your their uh, siblings there. It was a great shock, yeah. Sorry, I was looking at a fly. <clears throat> Much later. What you, what you're suggesting is impossible. Quite impossible. I'm not aware that I suggested anything. I haven't even said anything there, Raymond. What sort of fool do you think of me? Cranberry? It's Car the, Carberry there, sir. Whatever! The inference is perfectly plain. You think my mother-in-law was... Poisoned. Now, Raymond there, I haven't said a single thing to you all day, and now you're coming up to me with all these other ideas, and I'm about to get a little tipped here, there. Then, what do you mean? I just want to know, I just want to know a few things, there. Why Dr. Gerard's file was in your pocket, there, in your left little pocket, there, in your little corduroy trousers, there. <laughs> big corduroy trousers. And second off, it wasn't. Well, one of my fellers over there, Dr. Little uh, Inspector Sergeant uh, Chief Flair Briggs, you're studying there, Smith, there was searching in your drawers and he found a little pants with their with little final in there in the pocket there. Well, I didn't know anything about it. I have to, I'll tell you that. 
Secondly, the hypodermic needle there, the one with the little point there, I don't like the shot there and my arm makes me sad. That's missing from <laughs> Dr. King's case there. They can't find it. I hope you feel better. Oh, I feel I have to have my shots to come into town there and I they give me a little lollipop to make me feel better. More flavor. A little there, there, blueberry there. That's nice. And thirdly, Mr. Boynton, we come to you. To me? To you there. Yes. Yesterday afternoon, most people were out there walking downstairs, resting around the walking or resting. But you, Mr. Boynton, there was no one, or you thought there was no one there about, but there was someone there about. You went up to your mother there. She was sitting up there by the cave up there. I nod toward the cave there if you didn't notice that, because I have a very stiff neck from my flight over, but I did nod toward the cave there, and it was the cave to which there that I was referencing. You went up for your mother there as she was sitting up there. You took her hand there, you bent over her wrist there, and I don't know what exactly you did there, but I imagine it was something like this, Mr. Boynton, because my Arab fellow back there, he couldn't see what you did because he's blind. But your mother, she cried out there. I can explain. I see her bracelet. Her bracelet had come undone. She asked me to fasten it, and I did, but I was clumsy because I have peanut butter hands, and I caught the flesh of her wrist in the hinge at the back. That's what made her cry out. I see that's your story. Could be the truth, because I've heard she had pretty fat wrists there. It is the truth, it is. Uh, later on, Sarah and Gerard speak. Oh, mamma me. One of them killed her. Sarah. Oh, not Raymond. I hope it wasn't Raymond. He's the only cute one. Um, Excuse me, dear. I'm pretty cute there myself, sir. <laughs> what about Cranberry? Cranberry. I might be a Jerusalem six, but I'm a Canada ten there. <laughs> Still um, not my type, no. You are a woman. He crosses oh. to the right of the table. Thank you for noticing as you cross to the right of the table. Yes, indeed, I am a woman, but it's not that... Oh, well, perhaps it is, but they didn't plan to kill her. I, I think I'll move slightly to the left now. They may have thought of killing her, but it's not the same thing. We all think of things. I, I think about drowning uh, Inspector Carberry, but I'm not going to do it. Well, you can't drown me there, because when I was three years old, I went downstream there in a floaty toady. And I went underwater for three hours, and ever since then, I can speak to lobster there. Very true. On the same. I don't mean to be listening. I'll go over here and look at these rocks over there. Please, private conversation. Sorry about that, there. That's all right. Anyway, it's all the same. One of them did more than you think. Yes, I suppose so. The question is, which one of them? One can make out a, a case against any one of them. Raymond actually has the uh, Digimon in his possession. That'd be Digitoxin there. Go ahead, quick! I'm sorry, there. I just... Okay, there. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, I'm going to sit at the left of the table now. But you see, that's a point in Raymond's favor. If he had used the digitoxin, he wouldn't be so idiotic as to leave the bottle in the pocket of his corduroy pants. 
Trousers. Trousers. I meant trousers. Mon ami, he's not smart. <laughs> Sorry, I lost my place. I don't know. He may not have been confident that her death would be attributed to natural causes, as it would have been uh, but for my discovery of the missing fire. I'm certain it wasn't Raymond. I watched his face when Colonel Cadbury produced that bottle. It's Kirby! On being there is Nedain Ponton. I think it's fun. <laughs> she has plenty of nerve and efficiency. Uh, that quiet young woman. Nothing easier for her than to administer a lethal dose of digitoxin to Miss Bonson Melson. Then she slaps the bottle in Raymond's pocket. Or she could even <laughs> slip it into his pocket, yes. I've been drinking. <laughs> well, you're making Nadine out to be a revolting character. But that could be possible. I mean, you've heard her accent. Women are... <laughs> it's it's worse my life. Women are unscrupulous. Laterer. Wilder, dear. Whole thing. I think the whole thing there. I look around there at the cave and I think the whole thing... Yeah, the whole thing there going to have to be dropped there. What? <laughs> Why? And all of all of the words. What? Why? How? What? Well, Miss Sarah, Doctor, there, there. I look around there, and there'd be no there evidence there. I look around, and there's nothing. One of them did it, all right, but the evidence there, there no chance, no chance. I'm gonna go up in the court and look that judge right in the eye there and say, Zibidee there, Zibidee there, Zibidee see there. I don't got no proof there. One common state of affairs. Knowledge without proof, there. And in this case, the West Home woman, who was completely cut from the script, there, she's quite right. There's an international aspect there. We're off, 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 off the deep end there. Can't bring an accusation against an American there unless you got sufficient there evidence. And that we're fresh out there. So if I translated that correctly, what you mean is the whole case will have to be dropped. Yes, there. Much later. Sarah and Gerard speak by a cave. <laughs> nice cave. <laughs> oh, oh, I am laughing wildly as the stage directions tell me to do. I think I've got a touch of the sun. But the sun lets in light, doesn't it? <laughs> what a stupid Har line. Harberry shines a flashlight in Sarah's face. No! Are you ill? That's a fair question as I move slightly to your right, Dr. Gerard. No, I'm not ill. Listen to me, Dr. Gerard. I know who killed Mrs. Boynton. I know it quite certainly. Right here, as I touch my forehead. What must I do? What 
I must do, what you must do to help me. Everyone needs help. I need proof and you must help me to get it. Here, swallow this pill. Thank you. Do you know which one of them killed her? Oh, here's the best part. None of them killed her. <gasps> wait, don't interrupt me. I see, Gerard, that you are about to interrupt. But no, wait, I know what you're going to say. That they themselves all think that they did it. That's what she wanted them to think. Comment? Come on, maybe? <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> I'm trying to talk more like Nadine. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you the whole crazy story. Yesterday, I lost my temper. Hard to believe. I told her, that's Mrs. Boynton, what was the truth? That she couldn't live any longer or much longer. No, she has not much longer to live. I told her that when she died, all her family would be free. You know what she was like. That lust for power and cruelty had grown. She wasn't quite sane, was she? Ah, Mundo, she was whack, yo. She specialized in mental cruelty. Well, she couldn't bear what I told her. She couldn't face the thought of her family being free and happy. And she saw a way to keep them in her prison forever. Mundo, you mean? Yes, don't you see? She took the poison from your case. She took my syringe. She slipped the empty bottle into Raymond's trouser, corduroy trouser pockets, and she asked Lennox to fasten her... Uh, Lennox? Lennox? What, how does Nadine pronounce it again? Lennox. Lennox. She asked Lenox to fasten her bracelet and then cried out, oh no, you pinched my fat in the bracelet when she knew someone was watching them. It was very, very clever. Just enough suspicion against each one of them. Not enough to convict one over the other, but enough to keep them all believing for the rest of their lives that one of them had killed her. Ah, yes. And then she committed suicide. Yes, she has the courage for that. I wouldn't call it courage. She had the guts all right. I mean, she, she was so fat. And she had all that hate. Mm. After filing the syringe, she slipped in the empty bottle. Filling, even. <laughs> she filed away under S for syringe. Because <laughs> she would know where it was later. Very clever. <laughs> After she retrieved it some time later, she filled the syringe and slips the empty bottle into Raymond's pocket. Yes, she could have done it as he was helping her up to the cave. A very nice cave, I will say. Then later, she called Lenox, pretended her bracelet was undone. Yes, that too. But, hmm. She made no attempt to incriminate Nadine or Jeannie. Well, Nadine would come under suspicion naturally because of always being the one to give her her medicine. And she could pretty well just trust Ginny or Ginevra would incriminate herself because she talks like a crazy person. Later on, Sarah approaches Raymond. 
Raymond, oh, Raymond. Oh, Raymond, we found out the truth. Uh, Isn't it wonderful? Harberry comes on this great stage, dressed as Puck the Fairy. If we shadows have offended her, think <laughs> of this and all is mended there. That you have but slumber there, while these visions did appear, and this week there I'll deem, no more yielding, but a dream. Give me your hands if we be friends, and Robin shall restore amends. And see, night, 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 night.